the property pod 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 welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast my name is suren naidu and on this weekly show we gain insider insights from leading property industry CEOs, directors, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs. This is the 70th episode of the podcast and we are profiling top women in the property sector in August, which is Women's Month. SA's listed and unlisted property sector are several women executives. One of them is Jackie Fanny Kerk, the CEO of Jersey Listed Real Estate Investment Trust, Attack Limited. Attack is most noted for its waterfall city mega development in the middle of Gauteng and is a multi billion rand property fund. As mentioned in last week's podcast, the property industry seems ahead of other sectors in terms of transformation and on the women's front, at least. Jackie is one of those women leading the way, and Attack also boasts one of the highest BE ratings in the sector, achieving a level one contributor status earlier this year. A very warm welcome to the property part, Jackie. Hi, thank you for having me, Serene. Just over five years at Attack as an executive, first as COO and for just over two years now as CEO, time really flies. How has the tech journey been, especially the top job coming in the midst of COVID? Yeah, it's certainly been a journey. Just over five, six years joining attack. I never knew that we're going to go into a pandemic. And then in the middle of pandemic, if you would have told me I'm going to take over as a CEO, in the, <laughs> I would have said you're crazy. So I, uh, it was uh, manic for us all, you know, the whole world, you know, managing and navigating COVID. Learned a lot throughout COVID, learned a lot about our business and really felt ready, you know, having Malt, the steering at, you know, most of COVID, learned a lot from him. Scary, but, um, you know, I was ready to take over and um, it's been an incredible journey, a journey of difficult decisions, maturing the company in certain avenues, but then also, you know, um, trying new things. Mm. Um, and, and daring some big transactions um, over the last two years, which we are very proud of. We'll get to the transactions in a minute, but uh, you are also the fact that you you used to, shall we say, hot positions or uh, times of transition and that sort of thing. So we'll get to that in a sec. But what excites you about your job? You're not just a CEO of a JSE listed writ, but a property group that's leading arguably SA's foremost uh, city development in Waterfall City. <laughs> what excites me is the combination of the job to develop a waterfall city. I mean, where in your life can you develop a new city in the middle of Johannesburg, which is, you know, the heartbeat of, of Africa's economic hub. So, you know, A to Z, we, we're building the roads, we, we're planning, the urban design planning, and then, you know, seeing what we've achieved over the last 10 years in attack. It's emotional sometimes, you know, to see that it was barren land. So it's creating, I think, of that creativity um, that really, really excites me. And then creating this long-term value and seeing the value creation play out from strategy then, then into the numbers, I think it excites me a lot. But we can't do this without people and culture and, and providing a, a purpose and 
you know, being at the helm of this company, my job is to make sure that the people understand why they arrive at attack every day. What is our purpose and, and how we drive that vision to create these wonderful spaces um, and the city that we're developing. So I can carry on the whole podcast about the people and the passion that we have. But that that is what gets me out of bed in the morning is the amazing people and then creating something that is, you know, it's unique. You talked about getting out of bed in the morning, but what keeps you awake at night? I suppose it's the normal <laughs> things like other CEOs, load shedding and, and the sort. Yeah, lots. <laughs> you know? um, if you're a CEO, you're part of a listed life, but it's a treadmill that gets fast every single day. But we, we learn how to manage that every well. I think managing a business in these testing times that we, as you've mentioned, load shedding, interest rates, inflation, wars in the wall lack of GDP growth, you know, will we develop more offices? You know, there, there's so much going on. And I think for us, how do we manage the controllable so that the uncontrollables become more manageable? And I think that's where the exciting parts happen. I think also as CEOs and, and leaders in SA, how do we make SA a better place? How do we drive advocacy when it's needed? Mm. Um, so that we do sleep at night. I am a firm believer you have to have your sleep at night so that we are better people in the morning. Yeah, so a lot happening, but you know, my motto is let's control the controllables so that the uncontrollables becomes manageable as best as possible. Besides dealing with the impact of COVID, the COVID fallout as a tech, uh, which affected all businesses and, and RITs in particular with lockdowns and things like that, there have been some milestones for the group during your time as CEO. The latest of which, uh, which is a big news this year, is a tax deal with uh, the government employees pension fund. That's one of the bright spots in the rich sector, as it were, and your share price is up 15%. So you have something to sing about in an industry that's actually struggling at the moment. How significant is this deal for a tax? Yeah, yeah it's, it's massive for us. A few years in the making transaction, we talk a lot about Serene, um, providing a sustainable capital structure. You know, so what is that actually? You know, and we ask ourselves: Are we going to build up the million square meters of bulk we've got left in waterfall? We need a much stronger balance sheet to enable that. We had to play off this thing about: Do we sell more assets, or, or do we look at a bigger, longer JV partnership? And we be quite good with JV partners. We've we've built a tech, was built around JV partnerships. I said. We said, well, let's do something that we're really good at. Uh, we, we've got great land, great opportunity, and let's forge a relationship. And it's, it's an absolute team approach. You know, Raj actually came up with the idea, our CFO. And we started the, the journey with the GPF, thorough due diligence, a lot of negotiation. Then end of the day, it means for attack is that sustainable capital structure. We, we're able to roll out our, our million square meters. we We've got a great partner that's got a mandate to further invest in, in unlisted properties. And we can provide our shareholders with the certainty of the rollout of this vision, of this dream of building a city and, and concluding it. So for us, we see the vision and the purpose of attack unfolding and it enhances the vision for attack by, by doing this transaction. Capital structure, debt, ICR, you know, earnings enhancing. So all of that also you know, plays a big role. In, in the decision and yeah, it gives us comfort for the future. I've just come out of another interview and I said, you know, the word sustainability for me, it's not just always about green, but it's do we create a sustainable future, you know, that's in the green space, but also in the business space. And, and I really think the GPF transaction really bodes well in that is creating that sustainability for the future of attack.
Well, you do have a number of green-rated buildings and uh, the Amazon building, amongst others, both LEED and a little bit of uh, Green Building South Africa, uh, I believe. So, yeah, that's a separate conversation. Turning back to, personally, Jackie Fannikak, who is she? How long have you been in the commercial property industry? And share with us a bit of your background growing up and your qualifications, because I know before Attack, you were CEO of Pivotal Property Fund, which was listed, and you led the listing yeah. uh, as CEO of that fund before it was taken over by Redefined Properties. Yeah, yeah. Interesting life and journey. Certainly. So, um I grew up in Port Chepstow. Uh, it's a small town. People will know Margate very well. Uh, My gosh, <laughs> I, I thought you grew up in I'm Peter an Atel girl. Uh, because <laughs> and then I, was... I went to school at Marion Maritzburg. Okay. Uh, yeah, so born and bred Natalia KZN. Uh, very proud of the roots. Sorry to stop you there, but uh, interestingly enough, Estian de Klerk also comes from the South Coast. So <laughs> that's interesting. Hey. There's some good stuff in the water there. <laughs> <laughs> but continue, sorry to interject there. No, no problem. And um, yeah, and then went to, went to study um, at the University of Pretoria, BCom, a BCom general with specialization in accounting, tax and cost and management accounting and internal audit. But I always knew I did not want to be an accountant. I did it as holiday work and I despised it. I just couldn't see myself doing that. And also what I figured out is if I'm a waitress, I make more money than being an article clerk. So I went <laughs> waitress. And I got a job offer from a property developer um, while serving coffee. Okay. And then I did an assistant. I said, I just finished varsity. Where do I sign up? And I started working for a small-time um, residential um, property developer. And really, I was the assistant, taking minutes in development meetings, town planning meetings, driving the contracts between brokers at Charles Springs. I really got the to grips with the basics of the real estate industry, you know. So if people complain taking minutes, it's the best advice that I can ever give you. You learn the business the quickest because you need to write it down and listen. So I uh, worked for a few years. They really cut my teeth at the basic skills development, grew a bit in the business. And then I realized after a few years, I need more than just the residential component. I want to be more corporate, small, you know, residential developers, you know, can only do that much of the balance sheet. Yeah. And then I was looking for a job and then I got a job at Abland. They said, you know, they need someone to help with this funds that they want to start or have started. And that was the birth of Pivotal. And yeah, so I was one of the first employees, didn't know, you know, every day what we were going to do. There was a few small assets in the fund. And I had the privilege of then learning from with um, Thais Nizer, Dave Savage, and, and really grew up. I really grew up. As Pivotal was growing up, I was growing up with it in the commercial property industry. And then fast track to 2014, where we listed the company. I was a mom at that stage with a six, seven-month-old baby. And then we, we listed it as a development fund. So funny enough, at that time, Attack and Pivotal was the only two development funds. So then I ended up at the other one. And then a few years later, we, we had to make the, the call. We got an offer from Redefine to merge Pivotal into Redefine. Difficult decision at the time. You've just listed, you know, you've, you've, you've settled on the listing. You, you're finding your feet as a listed company. But at that time, we felt it was a, a great offer um, for shareholders and for the company to merge it into, um, into Redefine. And 
And then after Redefine, I found myself without a job. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we all are there at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then Murnayi Wilker, CEO of Attack at the time, phoned me and said, hey, we've got a new role, COO. Would you be interested? And I said, yes. <laughs> Where do I sign up? And then the reason it was quite an easy decision for me is because of what Attack was doing. You know, Waterfall was such a fun and exciting development that it is still. And I said, we can you hit? chance just to be part of, of Bold City. So excited me so much. So yeah, I think um, the history of, of Resi development, understanding, you know, the commercial property development with Abland building buildings, asset management, property management all helped me in ultimately, you know, sitting here at a today. Well, while you're bean counter, you certainly have all the expertise and experience in the property industry. CEO now of Attack, you're one of the industry's top executives and also president-elect for SAPOA, so incoming president. Um, I'm not sure if it's this year or next year, but you're also a mom. You mentioned having a, a little kid during the listing of Pivotal. Demanding days for you at that time to list a, a company and also be a new mom. How do you balance your corporate life and your personal life? I learned that there is no balance. <laughs> um, you need to know when the scales are tipping in favor. And it comes with a lot of headache and pain and, and a lot of lessons learned. So I say it very easily, but I can honestly tell you it's come with, with a lot of lessons and heartache and good things or so. The children in my life, they, it's the best thing. My family always comes first. And then I love the job. And as you can hear, I'm very passionate about the, my role in attack. So, you know, for me, it's um, you need to understand when, when does your kids and your partner need you more than, than the job? And when does the job demands a bit more than family? And with all of this, I've, I've learned to get a voice. You know, you need to have a voice as a mom to say, you know what? Family, mommy has to really get job done. I'll come and play later or be there later. And I think that open communication, and that's where you need your voice and um, with your family, with your spouse, becomes planning. And if you choose corporate life, you must also understand you are sacrificing certain things. You won't be able to watch all the soccer games. I do try and get to most of them. You won't get to be everything for your kids. I don't get the opportunity to do homework with my kids. I've got a pair that would, you know, help with that. So... As, as a mom and as a you know business leader, you, you need to understand and make a conscious decision of what am I giving up and when do the scales step, when do my family need me and when do my business need me and I have the voice to articulate that. And that's something that I had to find throughout my career is, is to, to talk up and say, you know what, I can't be here. I am needed in my family or family, my job needs me more. That's my scale. Well, uh, that's something to take into account because uh, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. I was chatting to Norbert Sasser uh, uh, for the 50th episode, I think, and he was talking about not having work-life balance, as it were. But uh, we want to see more women in corporate South Africa. So uh, kudos to you for doing what you do. Since it's Women's Month, what advice would you offer young girls and women wanting to be a CEO one day, not necessarily of a listed property company, to, you know, having more women CEOs in corporate South Africa uh, and worldwide, to be frank? Yeah, I think firstly is you need to want to have the courage and a lot of resilience to say, you know, I really want it. It must come from within. I don't think it's something that can be forced on anyone. Otherwise, you will be, you fail. So, you know, my advice to my younger self or young girls is, you know, know what you want to be or go and discover that. Never give up. 
it's not going to happen overnight. Certainly, if you look at me, you said, oh, but you were so young. It, it came with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work, a lot of mornings, four o'clock in the office. I, I cannot tell you how many mornings I, I've been at the office at four in the mornings <laughs> working. So the resilience, the courage, and then, as I said, it's um, having your voice and finding your voice. Cannot stress that much enough, you know, sharing your ideas, leaning in at the corporate table, no matter how stupid the question is, ask the question, give the advice, and yeah, so that's that's my advice is uh, courage, resilience, know who you want to be and find your voice. Thanks for that, Jackie. What can we expect from you, Jackie van Nekak, in the corporate world or at a, a tuck or in another role we not sure you know you, will you be at attack for another 5 10 years what's the plan and if it's still at attack where do you see waterfall city because that is your flagship but uh, obviously you do own other properties in different parts of the country and i'm going to tease you yeah i didn't go too much into the business side of things but yeah. could we see a cow train link or i was teasing uh, Sakina Nosaka last week about, you know, uh, Attack and Atterbury uh, usurping their big uh, pro- mid-rand mall project. So I had to ask you about the car train <laughs> station as my concluding question. Yeah. We've definitely got it drawn up in our plans. We're working very closely with Gau Train, but that its process, it's a big investment that we as the bigger, wider waterfall, including landowners, Bolwyn, you know, there's a lot of role players that need to consider, you know, the funding thereof, the, when it's ready. It's all about riderships and, you know, the feasibility of, of the Gautrain station. So there's a lot of work happening between amongst all of our teams collectively when the Gautrain station will be built. We, we, we see it 25, 26 potentially making that decision. So it's definitely in the urban design planning for waterfall. Where is Jackie in the next? 10 years, don't know. Focus now is to be down the big transaction, to look at plan attack for the next 5 to 10 years. And it's very difficult as we see there's a lot of things happening. But um, the focus for attack is, is really living out what we, you know, what we say we want to do is building precincts, building our waterfall, improving our precincts throughout the country that we currently own. How can we build out and strengthen those precincts and really be a fund that everybody knows that strength setting that, that pushes the boundaries and that delivers a, you know, a quality, sustainable capital structure for the future. And that's really my dream of changing a bit of the property scene in the near-term future. Jackie, uh, we will have to see what your role at uh, Sapoa entails as well. But thank you so much for your time. We'll have to leave it there. That was Jackie Fanikak, the CEO of Jersey Listed Attack Limited. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories.